This week's episode of Couch Potatoes Unite! Exclamation point is sponsored by Found Penny Studio. Found Penny Studio is exclusively fulfilling our Patreon Tier 3 merchandise perk by doing what they do best, creating to celebrate everyday moments like your favorite TV series. Check out Found Penny Studio's creations at foundpennystudio.com and find Couch Potatoes Unite on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash couchpotatoesunite. You say you want to watch a drama. You say you want to watch a comedy. Well, you can watch it with your mama. Or you can watch it with your daddy. You'll even sit and watch it with your middle schooler. Potatoes unite. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast entitled Couch Potatoes Unite! Exclamation point, which is based on a blog of the same name because it's our name, not our sleeve. So don't try to cancel us. Alter your own carbons. Yeah. My name is Kylie and I love TV. If you feel the same, keep listening and or checking out our website, couchpotatoesunite.wordpress.com, as you're bound to find some common ground or something you like. For Couch Potatoes Unite, we're all about the wonders and unique long-form storytelling of the small screen. CPU! Exclamation point. Hopes you've been following releases of brand new episodes of the podcast on Wednesdays, as well as new blog entries on some Tuesdays. And as always, we have several more new episodes on the way. Because the panels and I live lives behind our podcast, the episodes are published once per week. Subscribe to the website or the podcast via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and Amazon Music, basically wherever you get your podcasts, to stay on top of brand new episodes. Episodes already published discuss a variety of shows around the water cooler, including, but not limited to, Stranger Things, iZombie, The Good Place, Game of Thrones, American Horror Story, Grace and Frankie, Mr. Robot, Charmed, Riverdale, This Is Us, and the DCTU, or Arrowverse, or CWverse, whatever they're calling themselves on the CW. Plus, new episodes are in the works, including revisits for Doctor Who, Westworld, Fuller House, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, 13 Reasons Why, Will and Grace, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Hundred, The Crown, Supernatural, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, The Outlander panel will digest Season 5 of the sweeping romantic epic, and the Star Trek 50 Plus series will return to cover the final season of The Next Generation. We'll be launching new panels covering The Orville, Big Little Lies, The Good Doctor, Call the Midwife, The Animaniacs, Killing Eve, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, American Gods, Grey's Anatomy, and Cobra Kai. And because we look back at shows now past, we'll travel through time and experience all sorts of identities with Quantum Leap. We'll thank the Golden Girls for being friends. We'll cry Bazinga for Big Bang Theory. We'll dive deep into the fantasy world of the magicians. We'll navigate the witty political satire of Parks and Recreation. And we'll become psychos for Psych. By the way, did you know that CPU also from time to time goes live? We've been live from bunkers and comedy shows and comic cons and game stores. Plus, we're planning more live appearances and other cool stuff including in these semi-quarantine times so make sure you like or follow us on our facebook page or twitter at cpu podcast our instagram at couch potatoes unite or subscribe to the website our youtube channel our apple itunes channel our stitcher radio channel or find us on google podcast spotify Castbox, iHeartRadio, and amazon music plus brand new for 2021 you can subscribe to us via patreon in an effort to get fancier to upgrade some of our stuff to build some capacity couch potatoes unite is on patreon to 
provide the opportunity to subscribe for perks, including member-exclusive email and Discord access, bonus content, TV-themed merch, and the ability to join CPU for occasional watch parties, and in so doing, possibly to place priority requests for shows that we cover. If any of this sounds like fun to you, head on over to Patreon or download the app and search for our name, Couch Potatoes Unite. Don't forget the exclamation point. In the meantime, if you don't hear a show in this podcast format, fellow panels and I still write reviews and we always seek new panelists. So if you have any interest in joining the discussion, say hello by finding us at any of the outlets I've mentioned. At the very least, stop by and leave us a thumbs up, comment, or review. We like feedback. Just try talking to us before you cancel us, though. We'd like a chance to finish our story first, unlike the chance given to some series. But no one's bitter, okay? Today, we're around the water cooler to effectively conclude our ongoing discussions of a Netflix streaming original based upon a dystopian science fiction novel of the same name, and that name is Altered Carbon. On August 26, 2020, after CPU recorded its discussion around the water cooler of Altered Carbon Season 2, Netflix proceeded to cancel the series. To that end, we resume a feature on CPU called Cancelled Corner, wherein we discuss the untimely cancellation of shows that survived a season or two at most, only to find themselves unceremoniously axed by their sponsoring networks. Because we recorded our most recent review of Altered Carbon prior to the announcement of its unceremonious cancellation by our unofficial non-sponsor Netflix, our panel is going to take a moment to react to the cancellation of this series. Also, though our Altered Carbon series has been moderated by Spencer since its inception, Spencer and I will co-moderate today's Cancel Corner discussion regarding changeable element number six while rejoined by the sleeves of Kels, Celine, Ben, and Julianne for the chat. With that said, for this feature, we'll forego the usual plot summary in order to pause and reflect upon the series that once was and to speculate upon what the future might bring, if anything, for these characters and this property. Our panel will also likely reminisce about our prior discussions of this series. If you're interested in those, for detailed plot summaries or anything related to Altered Carbon by CPU, as we've been covering the show on the podcast since the beginning, check out the website couchpotatoesunite.wordpress.com. If you didn't already know, you can click the floating box at the top right of the header, the picture of the couch full of united couch potatoes, to search for any prior podcast episode or blog entry, which is frankly rather meth of us, if you think about it. For now, because our panel is ready to slip on some talkative sleeves and to kibitz regarding the cancellation of Altered Carbon, I want to remind listeners that all of our panelists have viewed all seasons of Altered Carbon to date and may discuss sensitive plot points. So for those of you who have not watched any of this program at hand, listen at your own risk as there may be major spoilers. Welcome back, panel. How are you? Good. Good, Carly. Oh, good. <laughs> are you ready to talk about the cancellation of Altered Carbon? Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It hurts. Okay, okay. Well, that's good. I'm going to take your tones neutrally. So this is how Cancelled Corner works. I've provided you some talking points. What we're going to do is go around our, of course, virtual water cooler because it's still, you know, those COVID times. You're going to introduce yourself again, remind the listener why you watched Altered Carbon, and, you know, we're, we're, we'll say up front that we've all watched the whole series and we've talked about both seasons. Talk about the character progression that was listed in the talking points and why this character progression happened. So just remind us why you went from one character to the other character when you're introducing yourself. Whoever wants to go first. I'll go first. Okay. 
as soon as I get my phone back from my wife so oh, I can look sorry. at what I'm talking about. Dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went from being Takeshi Kovach and Kristen Ortega after season one, and then Kelcrest Kel Falconer as well as Poe for season two. And I think that I, I made that transition mostly because while I still really enjoy the show, I think... That season two was just not as, as crisp and as clean for me. It didn't answer questions. A lot of the questions that I think I really wanted to be answered. Like, I felt like season one really gathered everything up and created a really good, like, a nice little nest egg. I mean, it still had questions, but a majority of them were answered or were, like, kind of, like, laid forth as, like, this is where we're going. And then season two started, and I was nowhere near where I thought we were going to be going. And then I felt like I just, I, I got left with a lot more questions and it didn't, it didn't put itself back together as neatly as I would have liked. And that's why I think I ended up where I ended up. Welcome back, Celine. Oh, thank you. I guess that it means I have to go next. You probably should. Because <laughs> dynamics. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, I just threw my phone I at I just her. dropped <laughs> this phone that she threw at me. Hi, I'm Kels. Hi, Kels. Hi. And I started watching the show because I Netflix suggested it to me, and I love all things sci-fi, and it looked really cool, and I watched the preview, and I was like, yes, please. And then I showed it to Celine, and she was also like, yeah, that looks cool, so then we watched it together. I went from being Takeshi Kovach after <laughs> season one, I'm trying to pronounce it correctly, and failing. You did it wrong. Um, I did, but it was a struggle. And then season two, he wrote, I was an open-minded Poe and maybe a Calcrest Falconer with a dash of Carrera. So clearly That is I your quote. <laughs> I guess it was. I don't remember that. Clearly I couldn't make up my mind. <laughs> season two, which I think really does sum it up. I think season one was very strong. I loved it. Uh, I was hooked the whole time. And then season two... There were aspects that I enjoyed. They brought back some characters that I really liked and did some good things with them. But they left a lot of questions that I had unanswered. And I just, I didn't feel as strongly about season two. While I found it entertaining, I didn't think that it was as, as firm of a plot and as compelling of a story. Welcome back, Kels! Thanks. My name's Julianne. Hi, Julianne. Hello. I started watching Altered Carbon around the time that it came out because Netflix was really heavily advertising it. And anything that resembles Blade Runner in any way, I'm in. I'm going to check it out. So that's kind of how I found Altered Carbon. I believe my, my character question from the first season, I identified with Takeshi and then Poe in the second season. And... Really for the same reasons that Celine and Kels had listed, I feel like there was a lot more, we were left with a lot more questions than we had answers. And there was a lot that was opened up at the end of season two that to me didn't feel like it could hold like a contained story. Like it felt like the little Oreo center of more to come. So that's kind of what makes this cancellation kind of disappointing was because there was, they, they set it up 
for more for sure the way that that season ends and like now that we know we don't have that to think of it as a standalone story on its own it just wasn't as strong for me fair enough welcome back julianne thank you my name's ben hi ben Uh, Hi. I started watching Alter Carbon much like the same. Netflix popped up as recommended. I, I always enjoy sci-fi, those type of sci-fi type films, the really, I guess, more gritty ones in, in some ways. And that definitely came through in the trailer. After the first episode, I, I wanted to just keep delving into it for the first season. For my character progression, definitely first season, Poe, really into it, really couldn't get enough of it, really devoted to it. The second season, my character was Governor Harlan, and I do not remember why I chose that because I can't find the notes for it. But I do know that it was less of, it was more of a doing my duty, I think, and just finishing it just because it, I'm definitely a completionist in that type thing. I want to see the story through. But much like I think the rest of our panel has talked about is that season, season two on its own was just not strong. The writing and story, it just seemed very, definitely weaker than the first season and having after finding the season, going out and reading the books, I found they actually combined like the second and third book into the season elements of it and tried to pull everything in. So they kind of melded two stories together and tried to make it one, and it didn't quite turn out well. So All right. Welcome back, Ben. And this time I'm going to go next because Spencer's the original moderator and he's going to go last. Surprise! <laughs> So, uh, as a regular panelist, when we did our season one discussion, oh, my name is Kylie, of course, you should know that, you heard the intro, I talked through this whole podcast, and I started watching Altered Carbon basically because the people on this panel right now, on this recording, all said, hey, we want to talk about Altered Carbon on the podcast, and I hadn't even really heard of it, so I said, Sure, okay. And then I watched it on the Netflix. And it took me a little bit of a minute to to get into the story. As much as I love science fiction, and really any kind of science fiction I'm pretty much down for. I remember talking about how this one took me a few episodes to get into it, but by the end I was all in and then kept going. Because, you know, the podcast too. But also I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Altered Carbon. So after season one, I was Poe. I wasn't quite a talk as everybody else appeared to be on the panel. But I really, really liked it. And also he was my favorite character in both seasons. And then also Vernon apparently. But I don't remember why. And then after season two, I was Poe and Kel. Kel Crest Falconer. Basically about the same when you look at the character descriptions. I'd like season one just a little bit better than season two, but I don't think that I had as strong of opinion about where season two was going as opposed to season one as much as the rest of the panel. I just, I was just enjoying it the way I enjoyed the first season. (laughs) Maybe just a little bit differently. So that's me. And then our original moderator... Spencer. That would be me. And thanks, Kylie. And I started out watching the show because I saw a preview for it on Netflix and I was intrigued by the the kind of dystopian future aspect and the sci-fi aspect mixed together and absolutely loved season one. I think I may have been one of the first people to tell Kylie that this is one we should talk about. And all that season, I was a mixture of Tack and Poe 
probably Poe mostly just because I love the character. I thought that he was one of the most endearing characters in both seasons, more so in, in season one. And I maintained that character profile through season two, although there was a slight degradation of how I felt about the show. And that kind of links with Poe's degradation, not necessarily as a character within the show, but in his storyline in the show. So that's kind of where I fell. I'm sad to see the show gone, but there are reasons that make some sense. And on that note, Spencer has created a character question. Now, normally we wouldn't do a standard CPU character question that changes with each show we do, but we're doing one for this one because A, Spencer is the original moderator, and B, we might have feelings about the cancellation itself. So, Spencer, would you like to present the character question? Of course I would. All right. Are you Takeshi Kovacs? Because it is a relief to be done, and you were weary and felt like your time was up anyway. Are you Poe? Because you were hoping for more. After all, you always want to be there to serve and be of great help. Are you Kilcrest Falconer because you did what needed to be done, no matter how messy it all got? You're not happy to be done, but it was all a means to an end? Are you the Bancrofts or Meths in general because you really don't care? You will go on forever with or without the show, and you always get what you want anyway. Are you Lizzie Elliot because you live in limbo and will always find a way to move on with things and come out on top? Are you Mr. Leon because you will lurk around on Netflix and find the next place to start enjoying your brutality? Or are you the OG Kovacs because you wanted more so you could turn up and be your badass self all over again? Who wants to go first? I'd say, in, in spite of the way I feel about season two not being as strong, I'd say I'm still Poe. Like, I still did want more. I was very excited with what they started to open up in the world building at the end of that season. So, yeah. I want. I still wanted more. And I feel like there's better, or there's worse shows that get more seasons. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Julianne. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I am a mixture of Poe and OG Kovach because I definitely would love to show back up, be my badass, badass self all over again. And yeah, I always wanted more. So Poe and OG Kovach in that way. Thanks, Celine. Thanks. Thanks, Celine. I'll go next. I'm also Poe. I think I, I was hoping for more as well. And yeah. All right. How about you, Ben? I'm definitely more of, I think, OG Kovacs. I really wanted the show to get back to what I really enjoyed about it in the, the first season, that strong story with the kick-ass action scenes and sci-fi elements that made some amount of sense instead of just the magical, it's sci-fi aspect that they kind of <laughs> did in season two. So definitely more more of that one. Yeah, and I'm going to fall in the same line with the rest of you. I'm definitely the OG Kovacs because... I saw so much potential with what they could do with that character. And then there's always going to be a sprinkling of Poe for me just because he was my favorite character. He added a level to the show that always made it interesting. So that interest and the the idea of the OG return to what we saw in season one is definitely where I fell. And back to Kylie. And I would still be Poe. I've been Poe this whole time. There's no reason for me to change. I agree. I wanted more. I wanted answers after the end of season two. And I also want to be there to serve and be of great help for Couch Potatoes Unite! Exclamation point! <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I am also... Plug in the show on the show. I like it. Hey, it's, it's 
Podcastception? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing. Also, before we go further, we established one set of dynamics, which is we have two wives that are tossing phones at each other. There's another <laughs> dynamic on this panel. What is it? I am the token whiny. No. Kels is my sister. Good job, Ben. Oh, I paid attention. (laughs) Don't believe anything he says. No, don't believe it. One of us always tells a lie. The other always tells the truth, and it's me. I told the truth. Oh, what a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll be fun. This will be a fun discussion. Everything I say is a lie, honestly. So... (laughs) So new, new canceled corner drinking game. If you think Ben is actually telling the truth, don't drink. If you think he's lying, drink. If you think Kels is lying, drink. And maybe compete against somebody so that you can count that. Okay. I was hearing just a lot of drinking. <laughs> All I heard was drink. At least you yeah, didn't say I'm I'm think Ben and Kels are being sarcastic drink. Dead before we get past the next question. <laughs> exactly. It'd be terrible. <laughs> but that's great. So the dynamics are fully on the table. And now we're going to talk about the cancellation itself. So we clearly have feelings. We all felt that season two was maybe not quite what season one was. But we also were not ready for it to be canceled. So it sounds like. So the mm-hmm. next question should be pretty simple. And we are going to go along these questions because that's what Cancel Corner is. Did it deserve to be canceled? Why or why not? I don't think it did. I think it still had a lot of potential. And I don't know. I don't think it fell apart nearly as much as some other shows that I am on the podcast for. Cough, cough, the 100. It's just the You 100. jump the shark. Right. That doesn't Cough, count. cough, the 100. You jump the shark. <laughs> So I can't play. Yeah, because it was so bad. And guess what? Is it still on? Yes. Actually, it ended with its final season in a natural way, not via cancellation. Well, it's seven seasons long. <laughs> yeah, Alter Carbon deserved more. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to see you still have strong feelings about the. 100. Oh, I will always have strong feelings about that show. Um, <laughs> so you felt the hundred deserved to be canceled, but Altered Carbon didn't. Correct. Anyone else? Yeah, I don't feel like it deserved to be canceled. From what I've read, and I'm sure we're going to talk about more, is part of it was the cost. I know it was like a very expensive show to produce. And I, I'm not exactly sure when they were going to start putting things in production for season three, if they were. But I have to imagine that like COVID kind of did, did a lot of damage in that regard. Like, even if there were plans of, oh, maybe, we're like, we're on the fence about it. I think maybe that was kind of what, like, killed it. Was Netflix was like, all right, we got to really cut. I don't know. That's my theory based on almost nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I like your thin theory. I would just like to cut in real quick and say that Netflix needs to stop producing these amazing shows that are too expensive for them to keep producing because I loved Altered Carbon, I loved Sense8, and they canceled both of them because they were too expensive and broke my heart twice at the end. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the fact that they keep putting shows out that are very costly, they get a good fan following, but not enough to justify the cost is a problem. I do think that COVID did have some impact on this one being canceled because of the nature of the worlds that they were dealing with and the the close proximity of actors. And you don't want to go 
four years between seasons, and they would have probably ended up having to do that. It, it's sad that it's gone, but you know, there's a lot of things that have gone because of all of this that's going on everywhere in the world. I don't disagree with anything that everyone's been saying. I, I definitely think the the show did have a higher CGI element and budget to it, and they were getting signing on big name actors and everything, especially in the second season with the, the changes in the cast and everything. And I think that definitely elevated the cost of it. And I think even the second season, I've not looked anything up, but I'd imagine maybe it had a higher budget and maybe it just didn't get as much people weren't viewing it as much bringing in as many people just because the story was a little bit more out there and not not well put together so i'm sad to see it go but i kind of can see why they might have canceled it same here so. ben i but also agree with kels netflix has put out a lot of content that pretty much everybody on this panel is into but they seem to be they seem to be willing to take the risk on something that's higher budget but then not follow through with it in the end and they don't have a typical model where they can measure ratings they're trying to drive subscriptions and I, I I'm starting to see and maybe the rest of you have thought on this that the Netflix model you can see why there's so many so much competition now in, in terms of streaming because all the other streamers have something backing it like Amazon is Amazon and Hulu's owned by Disney, Disney Plus is owned by Disney, Warner owns HBO Max, so there's stuff that's behind these others. The big networks have their own streamers. They all have a foothold whether their streamers succeed or not. Netflix doesn't. Netflix is just Netflix, and it's not great business decisions, I feel like, that they're making. It, they're catering to the people that might actually want to do more streaming and subscribe, but then get chicken when it comes to the money. And I don't necessarily think Altered Carbon is quite as much in that category as Seiya Sensei or Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is another one. I do think COVID probably was more of a factor because I do think Altered Carbon had probably a slightly larger following in the end. But in the answer to the question, did it deserve to be canceled? I don't think it did. I mean, I think there was more story to tell. And I think it was maintaining at least mostly the numbers that it had with the first season. But Netflix also, I think their marketing model isn't great either. You find out about things so close to when they're actually going word to be announced. Yeah, and by word of mouth, exactly. So, you know, just a layman, not a not a network executive, but this is what I would say. You know, the, I, I think they kind of did a disservice to Altered Carbon amongst others on their slate. I think what they should be starting to do and would make more sense as a business model for keeping your subscribers is when you sign on a new show, you say, okay, we're going to guarantee you three seasons. At the end of season two, we will review and decide whether you're going to go on and have a four or a five, giving you the opportunity to write a final season that gives closure if we decide that we're not going to go past three seasons. And I think that that would be a far greater business model from the consumer perspective. I agree. I agree. Yeah. For sure. That's probably why I'm not a TV executive and I just talk about TV on Couch Potatoes Unite. <laughs> Maybe someday, Spencer. You can keep keep the hope alive. So <laughs> I'd probably smack a few people about. <laughs> well now you just blew the interview before it happened. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's human resources. 
<laughs> so do you, what do you think motivated their initial decision, if anything, to green light? I mean, Altered Carbon is a lofty, I mean, even as science fiction goes, it's very high concept. So what were they thinking? I think it was probably something? greenlit purely for the fact that that first season storyline was fantastic. Now, I don't know whether they had already, you know, when they went in and pitched this, whether they already had some of the actors lined up. Because if you've got a James Purefoy already signed on and you come, it's easier to, to get that negotiation going. But that first season, the story was so good. Even if I was to read it, I would have enjoyed it. So I think that would have probably been just reading that would have been a reason. Yeah, I mean, that first season was, I enjoyed it so much that that's why I read that book, you know? Like, it was the same storyline I had just watched, but I just wanted to live in that world a little bit longer. I also think that Netflix is really trying to diversify in a lot of ways, and you already have your generic streamers, your, your customers, you want to try and get your more niche customers, and I think they were really trying to hit that niche market, as well as, yes, it was a great storyline, like, passing up on something like that, when it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of exactly what they were looking for, and therefore it just was like, perfect, you know, like, let's green light this, and then it didn't get quite what they wanted. I mean, it's same as, like, Sense8, you know, mentioned earlier, I think they saw the backlash from canceling Sensei and saw how, you know, big of a fan base they got and thought maybe they could kind of hit that same market again. And then same thing happened. They once again canceled it too soon. R.I.P. I also, I know that like Joel Kinnaman has been on record saying that the first season of Alter Carbon had a bigger budget than the first three seasons of Game of Thrones or something combined. And I wonder if that comparison to Game of Thrones goes just goes beyond just the budget factor. And if Netflix was sort of banking on this is our like this is going to be our Game of Thrones, but for sci-fi, just the amount of, of work and money they did pump into that show. I wonder if they just didn't see the return they were expecting to see on it. I mean, I'd have to assume. Yeah. 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 I also feel like they like you said, with trying to, to reach other demographics, I think it's kind of their way of competing with HBO Max and Amazon Prime. They sort of have that. It seems more like a show that that those platforms would greenlight and make sense because they have that more of that budget. So that's just my follow up thoughts. I think my thought on it is Netflix kind of greenlit greenlights everything, and I think they were looking for a big intellectual property to start delving things out. I mean, they had the the two seasons, they had the anime adaptation, which was also very good. And I think they were trying to get that whole sci-fi aspect of it going. And it just didn't, it didn't pan out for them in the end. It didn't quite get there. And they found other things that maybe were cheaper to produce that drew in that same demographic. So yeah, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> There's so much stuff just coming up onto Netflix all the time. Mm-hmm, it's true. There was almost an element to, disappointment in Kelsey's voice when she said that Ben wasn't wrong. (laughs) I hate to admit it. (laughs) So, I already expressed my answer to that question when I was babbling on an answer to the last question, so I'll move to the next question. What would you say to the Netflix head today given the quick cancellation of Altered Carbon? Do you think they betrayed 
whatever brought them to the green light decision. How do you feel about this decision now? Pretend as if you're talking to him or her. What would you say? Or them? I'll flip back to what I said about business models. It, they, if they change their business model to a guarantee season number of seasons, where they get, but even if they did it, we'll guarantee you two and we'll reconsider after one so you get that closure option. That business model would save them a lot of the disdain that they get from us, the viewer, when they cancel the season prematurely. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that whole idea of telling them they need to get a better handle on how they handle the stories of the show because it's not that a show gets canceled it's that it gets canceled and there's literally no wrap-up no closure to the story that they prepared so even if they say in by the time season two was premiering we're like oh you know what we're not we're actually not going to go ahead with it they could have taken out some of the elements in the end of season two and tried to wrap some things up just so it was more of a contained story instead of what it ended up being. Instead, they left it open-ended and not just open-ended like, oh, I hope there's a new season. It's like, oh, I can't wait to see what, what they do next. What, where are they going to go from here? And oh, oh, canceled. That's where they're going to go. <laughs> well, and like, interestingly enough, like when you're watching normal television, television that's not all released on one day that you get to binge, what is that called? What is, I can't word right now. Episode yeah, like, I've, yeah, that. They usually get halfway through the season, find out they're going to get canceled, and they're still creating the end. Like, they can still do all of the, like, you're right, they can't completely scrap the season and change it, but they can at least do little changes that can help tie things up slightly. Whereas when you have this entire show created and drop it all in one day, and then, oh, I guess it's canceled. Like, you know, give us a mini, like, a mini something afterwards to, to finish it off. A movie, like maybe three episodes. I don't know, just stop canceling things straight out and saying, nope, nothing. Give us some closure. <laughs> That's kind of what I was just thinking before you said the movie idea, because I'm also on the panel for Breaking Bad, and, you know, there's a, there's a movie. And I feel like part of the reason why that movie exists is fan service. So if I were to talk to the king of Netflix, king, queen, I don't know. I'd say, first of all, Root. Second of all, maybe listen to the community. I don't really know. I don't really know if there's like a community for Netflix watchers or whatever, but I know that there are really passionate fans of this show. And so... I don't know. I, I think there's something to be said for how passionate people do feel about this. That like maybe maybe you could do a movie and that would be a way to tie everything together that kind of satisfies that feeling of not feeling finished. Currently, Netflix actually has co-CEOs. Ted Sanderos, who became CEO July 16th of 2020, and Reed Hastings, who has been CEO since September of 1998. Saw the original person. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would tell Netflix to make a movie at this point. They did it for Sense8. They did El Camino for Breaking Bad as fan service. It's not unheard of. And while season two had a self-contained-ish story... There were, as we said, many questions left unanswered that I think they don't have to do a lot for. I actually think one movie could probably, one big, you know, spectacular action movie, two hours, could could wrap up the storyline just fine. But, and they should. I think that's 
fair. And I think that's right for starting the whole thing off to begin with. If they if they don't want to bring Anthony Mackie back, they don't have to. He's the Falcon. He's he's off on Disney Plus with the Winter Soldier. It's fine. Bring bring in some other sleeve. And that's the actual beautiful thing about the story. Exactly. You can interchange that character because of the way it's done. And that's all they have to do. Certain people can't be interchanged, like Renee Elise Goldsberry, but most of the people could be, and that I, I think they they have the opportunity to kind of wrap it up and should. You know, if they don't want to continue losing subscribers, which now granted this is based on nothing or whatever, like Julianne said earlier, but I get the sense that Netflix is fighting hard for to keep whatever share it had of the market. And partly it's because of how they how they do this stuff, including making these genre shows that are more likely to piss off fans when you cut them short than something like, say, An Orange is the New Black, which went on for seven seasons, which was two seasons too long anyway. <laughs> Not that I didn't have feelings. <laughs> so, so Altered Carbon was created by, I have no idea how to say this name, I'll say Laida Calogritis. Sure. This sounds her, Greek. Sounds Greek. This was her first TV project as creator, though she has written for other shows. Would you watch other shows she creates? Humor me for those of you who say, I don't look for a creator. <laughs> you don't have to look. I would, based on season one, I'd be a little bit more dubious after season two. I mean, yeah, if, you know, a trailer shows up that says, from the creator of Altered Carbon, I would be like, yes. Yes, I shall. I shall give this show a try. Like I can't guarantee I'll watch all of it, but I'll get at least watch two episodes and see where it goes from there. Yeah, I agree with that. Same. Yep. I'll go with I like- that because I have no strong feelings one way or another on <laughs> from the creators of messages. So. Well, I like the way that you phrase that, Slane. Like from the creator of because before I was thinking like I I, I don't know, but that I would actually be intrigued by that. I, I never go out being like, let's see what else this creator put on, because that's not how I tend to watch television. But I that's that's a lot of how I watch anything too. Is like I I know it if there's a Nolan movie coming out, you know, I know if there's a Scorsese movie coming out, like I will follow the creator. There's a certain person who shall not be named currently because he needs to get his life, but I have watched every single show that he's ever made. He's probably never going to make any again. But yeah. for the model of the for the model of the question, he would be the example I'd give because mm-hmm. I've seen Buffy and Angel and Firefly and Dollhouse and Marvel's Agents of Shield and Dr. Horrible's Sing Along Blog. I've 100%. I would do the same with JJ Abrams and I would do the same with Ryan Murphy. I would at least check it out. I don't always like Ryan Murphy's stuff, but he sure creates a bunch of really original crazy tv that is at least good for one season and then there are others too so i i am that person and if i heard from the creator of altered carbon i'd probably be like yeah let me check that out because this was very i mean she didn't come up with the story it was a novel first but the idea to televise it and and the way that they did it was highly original and creative 
and I would be mm-hmm. intrigued. Yeah. Will you follow any of the stars to past or future TV projects? Many of them had, or have, actually, some current stuff. Joel Kinnaman's in a couple things. He was the first talk. James Purifoy is always doing some stuff. Dykin Lockman is in an upcoming... She's got a lot of recurring and guest roles, but she's in an upcoming main role called Severance. You know, Renee did Hamilton, but she's doing some voice for some Fast and Furious Spy Racers TV show. (laughs) I was like, I've never heard of that. Okay. (laughs) Would you follow any of the stars based on their roles in Altered Carbon to new projects, past or present or future? Actually, part of the reason I actually, yes, this show intrigued me from its original thing, but part of that was seeing Joe Kinnaman in the trailer after watching The Killing, also on Netflix, and liking the way that he was in that, and that intrigued me to watch this. And then I'd seen James Purefoy on the Fox show with Kevin Bacon, I can't the remember following. what it was called now, but that he was fantastic in that. So The Following. The Following, yeah, which that was another show that's, yes, another show that started out great and kind of went off the rails. So yeah, certain actors, if they're attached to a project, I like to give it a chance. I'd like to see the guy who plays Poe do something. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is his first major... Maybe a Poe spinoff. Well, yeah, <laughs> down for that for sure, Poe spinoff. <laughs> this was his first major role, our Poe. Wow. Well, I hope he gets many, many more. But yes, I would and have followed Agent Lockman from many things to many other things. The rest of these people, I haven't ever... I mean, this was the first thing I'd ever seen Renee Elise Goldberry in, but I, I follow her to other things, but... Everybody else, meh. <laughs> I mean, if I saw them in something, I'd be like, oh, hey, you were in Altered Carbon. Cool. My wife only watches things with hot women in them. Respect. So, <laughs> that's why I didn't mention any male names. And let us not forget that there was a significant portion of the season one discussion devoted to the scene <laughs> in which Dykin Lachman is not wearing any clothes and there's multiple of her. <laughs> oh yeah. That did. <laughs> I don't know how you could forget that. <laughs> Your wife certainly didn't. <laughs> I mean, if, if that's what we're talking about here, that is why I would follow Joel Kinnaman anywhere. Me too. That's, Me that's too. a good looking man. Yes. That's a good looking man right there. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I was yeah. rather partial to Kristen Ortega. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. She doesn't have anything coming up, sadly. And neither does Chris Connor, who played Poe. He's got nothing on his IMDb after Altered Carbon. What What were you gonna say? Fun fact. I was just gonna say fun fact. I was listening to a different podcast on Altered Carbon because <sighs> you know, and they were talking about the fact that Joel Kinnaman actually that was sarcastic shock. Let's just that out there oh yeah yeah no, she's allowed to listen to other podcasts <laughs> we're, we're not abusive here no. <laughs> and they were talking about the fact that joel kinnaman apparently prior to this movie or show had like a like his chest was concave or something so he was extremely like body conscious and he had recently had like surgery to fix that so this is the first movie he's ever been like completely like showing his body off and really proud of it so wow real fun fact for you all well that well, was some like that. fine surgery <laughs> Kylie and julianne are very proud of his body too <laughs> yep i am a lot of work went into that and i'm a-okay, <laughs> a-okay with everything that's happening 
<laughs> I, I give him one heart. Yeah, only one? Well, I have to reserve my hearts, hearts, hearts for people like David Tennant. Oh, we made a podcast <laughs> with a mention of David Tennant. <laughs> I was expecting a Stephen Amell reference. I Just thought give it was going to be Jensen Ackles. Just give so. it a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> but fair. So we follow the hot... Hashtag highly hot-hot-hot-hot. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Anyone else want to follow anybody besides the people that they're lusting after? <laughs> I, I don't typically follow actors from project to project. It's usually more like, I think, I don't remember who said it, but they said, Oh, hey, that person was in Altered Carbon. Oh, interesting. So Your sister-in-law um, said that. <laughs> I couldn't remember who. There Then there was suddenly a lot of talk about... Distracted by the hot bots. <laughs> <laughs> distracted by the people talking about the hot bots. There goes my train we of thought. Usually, we usually watch TV and movies with IMDb up on our phones already because we know that one of us is going to be like, "Who is that person? What are they from?" So I usually try and figure it out without it first, and I'm like, See, "That person is familiar." But we're usually wrong, or we don't. We can't remember, so that's why the IMDb is there. Gotcha. Ready to go. So here are the million-dollar questions of Cancelled Corner. Let's pretend that you are trying to summarize all of our many discussions for somebody who just needs to know a little bit more about the show. Give us what you would deem, and this is an everybody question, what you would deem to be the top three pros about the show, what are its best three qualities, and the bottom three cons, what are its worst three qualities. Go. Well, worst quality, it got canceled. I was going <laughs> to say worst it, quality it, it, season two. It got canceled, so you don't really get a good like ending. So short and not closed off, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that two? That, I will count that as two. disjointed. Kyle yeah. counted it as two. No. Oh, you can have more. I mean, I'm not trying to limit you. I was going to say, do we have that many? I don't know. For me, it's the disjointedness of season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's nodding to that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure in the season two discussion, we talked about, would you recommend the show? And I think a lot of our answers were, well, let's see how season three goes. Well, season three didn't happen, so I'd recommend season one. Definitely not season two to people. I'd be like, you can watch it if you want, but you don't have to. You're answering the next question before you're answering this question. I didn't read that. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, half of this one uh, and next question. Uh, let me throw out a pro because we've just talked about cons. Storytelling and everything in season one and just the overall action and visual effects and everything and that was just beautiful that's three pros engaging there we go i also want to say casting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did a great job. season one had the the pro of the way the mystery was played out and it kind of kept you wanting to come back to get that finish and then it was actually one of the better cliffhangers that they could have finished there gave you the opportunity for more unfortunately the more was not as good as the, the first bite like when you eat too much ice cream <laughs> so just stopped after one pint so i'll do my so i'll answer the question correctly <laughs> <laughs> i'll bring this back i thought we were trying to come to a consensus oh I no <laughs> i thought that's what you said actually too everybody questioned so i assumed we were working right. together <laughs> I'm unclear of the rules. I know. I'm okay. 
so I give you an A plus for teamwork and me a B minus for wording. Okay. Everybody gets to answer as in you all get to take a turn. Isn't that how all the questions are? <laughs> We're canceled. We are canceled now. Oh, I, want, not again. I want one question where it's like this is only for Julianne. <laughs> Sometimes, not this time. <laughs> okay. I can answer if you'd like. Okay, yes, Probably. I would. I would like that. <laughs> I hope that I have an answer. No, I do. <laughs> so top three pros, the aesthetics of the show. It's super dazzling, and it stays that way, I'd say, even throughout season two. It's just a great show to look at. I think that it, like, it had a cool mystery to it, too. At least season one did with like the sort of noir theme going on. So I think even though it is so strong in the sci-fi genre, if you kind of dabble in others, I think that'll appeal to you, too. And then I'm just going to steal this one because it's true. But the casting, I think the casting is on point. And really, all, like the acting in general is good. And the characters have good chemistry together. Oh, there's more, isn't there? I agree. <laughs> now, now you have to say... I don't have to get that close. Now you have to say three bad things. So cons, you know, incomplete, feels incomplete, feels like we're we're missing something. Also not as strong of a second season to the point that back to what Ben would say, it's like, if you like it, you know, maybe watch season one. But now that we know there's not going to be a season three, I, I don't know. Yeah. I also, I don't want to dog on Anthony Mackie at all. Because I think he's an awesome actor, and I think that the character of Takeshi requires somebody with that level of athleticism. But it seems like the consensus is we didn't love him as much as we liked Joel Kinnaman in that role. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it didn't feel like he embodied talk as much. I know we talked about this, but... For me, I felt like it was a completely different character. Yeah. There was no continuity of character there. It was a complete change. Yeah. And it's a con. If you're if you are, you know, selling the idea that this is the same character and we're just seeing a different person. That's my two cents. Okay. So I would I would agree. I for me, I think the strongest parts of the show are the visual effects, the mapping on season one, and the performances. I think the worst things are the mapping on season two, the sense that I like the way Spencer worded it about Anthony Mackie. I really like Anthony Mackie and agree he's an awesome actor, but we did spend a lot of time talking about how he wasn't quite talk. There was always something a little off with him. It didn't feel like he matched what Joel did, and it also didn't feel like he matched what the actor playing OG talk did. So it felt like the the woman that talk was inhabiting at the start of season two was more talk than Anthony Mackie did all the rest of the episode. So I would say that. I would also just say it, it is a And that really falls on the director. It does fall on the director. And to that end, actually, I was going to say direction overall was probably a little bit scattered, even in season one. I mean, it's it's confusing a little bit the way they did it. I talked about that at length in the season one episode, that it took me a while to make sense of it. And while the rest of you were like, yeah, this is a cool mystery, I was more like, do I even like this? What the heck is going on? <laughs> At which point I said, Spencer, can you moderate? Because <laughs> I don't get what's going on. <laughs> so, 
so that's what I would say. I think it's a very good show overall. I think the pros are stronger than the cons are, but that's what I would say. Anybody else want to take a crack at it, or you just want to keep your pooled pros and cons? <laughs> I thought our group project worked well. <laughs> yeah. I think at least our cons were all pretty pretty similar in, pretty in that universal. regard. We all kind of agreed on those. I definitely, just adding on to that with the change of the talk, the actor who played Takeshi Kovac. I was thinking about it just now, or, or at the beginning of this podcast, it would have been almost better if they had planned out a story where they could have swapped characters in maybe not each season because it kind of started fresh with season two with pretty much completely new characters except for Poe and like a few others who scattered in there who kind of made little cameos and everything and um it'd almost be better if they almost did like a Doctor Who type thing like is he going to change bodies now is it going to be a new person and all of that sort of idea so maybe they missed their mark with that trying to kind of change out the whole cast in one fell swoop. I mean, it makes sense for the story, but maybe not for trying to keep people engaged. So That's a good point. Although if they did it too on the nose with Doctor Who, people would have started drawing comparisons to Doctor Who. <laughs> no, no, definitely. But I, I mean, they could have even done <laughs> They could have even done like other characters in the story if they had them following along like, oh, well this character now is this person because this traumatic thing happened to them or they had to switch bodies and now they're a different person or something like that. They could have done it a little more, I think, organically. And especially, I think we talked about where they ended at season one into season two. It was such a jump from where, I think like Celine said, where we thought it was going to, wait, what's going on? I almost had to look up and I'm like, did I miss something in between these? Or nope, just huge jump. Cool. Let's let's do this, I guess. I actually, very first time we were watching this, I said, did you put on the right show? Yeah. I think, <laughs> like, is, and I think that first scene, too, where you're wondering who is Takeshi Kovacs in that bar scene singing thing, you're like, who is it going to be? Who is it? That definitely brought about the same feeling as that first, the first season had a lot more of the elements to it of like, what's going on? There's this handoff going on. There's, there was a lot more layers. And then from there, it just kind of, it very much felt like instead of having this deep pool of mystery, you had just like kind of one hit notes, one at a time, one plot point dealt with and nothing ever really got like deeper than that. So I needed a lot more information. They, they seeded so, we talked about this in the season two discussion. They seeded so much more mythos in the second season that was so much bigger I think and yeah it was whoever it was not the right call to allow that season to go forward and then axe it without telling them that this was a right. contemplation because there was just so much right season much two needed a season three season one did not need a season two Mm-hmm. I can definitely agree with that yeah. statement. Season two felt very much like a two towers needing its return of the king. Yes, I went there. There you go. <laughs> I'll fight you on that, okay? I'll watch that movie on its own all day. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. I love all of them and stuff. Anyway, so now the, now the question that Ben wanted to answer earlier and kind of already did, but as always, we must... Have show our responsibility toward our listeners who hopefully not only enjoy these shows along with us, but might actually be listening to find out should they actually be turning on the show themselves and watching it. Would you re- now? And we know there's only two seasons, and we know where it ends, such as it is. 
Would you recommend Altered Carbon to others? Why or why not? Yes, I still would because I, I still think it has a lot to, to give, especially that first season. I mean, I might add the addendum, like, you don't necessarily... I would probably add that season two without a season three isn't great. So definitely watch season one and decide if you want to move on from there. But I still think that it's a great recommendation and that it has a lot to offer a viewer. And I still really enjoy it. It's really good television, though. I agree with what Ben said earlier, and I would definitely recommend season one to people and then say if you want to keep watching season two whatever do so at your own risk of being confused and left without a season three like your whatevs like whatevs <laughs> i don't care idk idk i think you care funny <laughs> i think that if i knew the person that i was talking to i knew their taste and i knew that they liked sci-fi i would but I don't know that I, you know, backstory, I do hair for a living and all I talk about is TV. So I'm talking about different television shows all the time, different genres and whatnot. So I don't know that I would just, I don't know that Altered Carbon would come up unless sci-fi itself came up. But, I, but if, if, I, if I know somebody's into sci-fi, for sure. But also with a disclaimer, like season two, you're not going to be satisfied. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I probably would need to know that the person is into sci-fi in the first place or at least has a fleeting interest in sci-fi to recommend the show, but I would very strongly recommend season one to them and then the same thing, say that season two does not give any kind of satiation at all. I don't think I would recommend Altered Carbon. Not unless somebody said to me, I'm looking for a really meaty, high-concept, need-to zone into the television, cannot look at my phone type of sci-fi viewing experience. And even then, there are shows that I would recommend instead. In the dystopian genre, I would recommend Mr. Robot over Altered Carbon, which is not, it's sort of sci-fi, but it's a much better show to me than Altered Carbon. The thousand percent agree. Thank you. <laughs> The fact that Altered Carbon ends the way it does leaves my reservations about the show kind of unmoved. And even though I enjoyed it, I'm also like the people that I would think would enjoy this type of show are basically the ones that are already on this panel and have watched it. I can't think of anybody in my life outside of this circle, maybe one or two people that would say, yes, this is my type of show. But I think I would recommend Mr. Robot instead. And if you haven't watched it, you should. And that has a brilliant ending. And it, it's a mind mm at the end. So <laughs> if you want that kind of thing, that's the one you should watch. I said it. <laughs> I Mike drop. Mike boom. Oh, yeah. do not drop mics. Oh, no one's dropped on this it. podcast. It's a figure of speech. Gently set down the mic and mute it. <laughs> There's just a small person I know named Mike, and I drop him when muted. <laughs> All right, proceed. Dropping the tiny person is better than dropping the inanimate object. <laughs> I wish you could all see the look that I just leveled at this conversation. Celine, I'm it over was, here. It was scathing. <laughs> it was 
was scathing. <laughs> she took it too literal. <laughs> All right. So now, in the end, i got to ask two more questions. If these characters... So let's say somebody down the line decided to reboot this or revive this. Should they and would you be in? No. I hate Yes. Reboot. Only if they're willing to finish out the story. <laughs> not as a reboot, but as a revive. I, I, I'm not a big fan of reboots, but as a revive, if they were to do it as a continuation because of the way that the casting in this show works... I would be all for that. But no, I would not want to reboot. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not a reboot, but more of a revive or at least a different aspect in that same world. They had so much more in that world they could have done, not just focusing on Takashi. There is way Our different characters they could talk about. Yeah. They, they could have done a Kelcrest spin-off. Falconer spin-off, or I don't remember the name of his sister, but her on the in-between Raylene, yes. Between where she was when she when Tak died and was or was arrested and everything where she supposedly died to that present day at first season that there, there's so much there of like how she kind of went from being kind of freedom fighter wanting to be for herself to basically a meth and everything and doing the same things that they used to try and fight against and whatnot so yeah i would watch a spinoff i do need to amend my previous statement and say i hate reboots except for battlestar galactica there's always an exception <laughs> there's always one <laughs> And I don't, I don't know if I would watch it if, if they tried to pick up where they left off after some time has passed in real life. I don't know. I think I'd still pick it up if they revived it. I mean, granted, as long as it's not 20 years down the line, like... Well, that's what I mean. I don't know. I guess it depends on how long it's been. If they, like, did it within, like, the next five years... Probably. Is that really a revival then? Well, it got canceled. So the yes. definition of revival is it's the same cast at a later point. The they didn't even of... revive between season one and season two then. <laughs> the definition of a reboot is it's the same concept with an entirely different cast. Right. I would actually be more down for a reboot later in the future, but also... So, like, maybe a different form. Like, maybe animated. Like, I know they had that animated series, which I unfortunately haven't watched, but I would really like to. It was just a movie. Was oh, right. okay. Yeah. I thought it was a series, but... I, I think I would be down for watching the same story with, like... I just think that that world would lend itself to some, like, amazing animation, which it, it has, but... I'd be down for, like, a, a total reboot animated. And I, I might actually be down for a reboot just like much further in the future. Like I don't want to see something five years from now, but like 30 years from now, well, 30 years from now, it might hit a little too close to home for us. <laughs> you know that. what I mean? It'll like, turn it into might a be. documentary, is that what you're saying? <laughs> like it might feel like that. So yeah, <laughs> 30 years from now, it's just a documentary. <laughs> the show took place in like the 2300s or a little bit further. I, they, I think we're thinking a little too highly of our... <laughs> technology right now that's true we might not be ready for transferring consciousnesses from bodies to no and and like interplanetary oh, travel and never say Our never kind of break down. All that jazz. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're ready 
Well, in the in the books, it was when they got to Mars and discovered the Martian runes that they found the alien technology. So maybe well. when Elon Musk gets there, <laughs> who knows? Oh God. <laughs> There is, is Elon a probe on Mars right now. So there, there's been one, but what? No, there's a new one. A new one. Yeah. <laughs> there's a new one, and it's awesome. Don't condescend to me. <laughs> I don't think I. You know, if they make a wrap-up movie, okay. If they make a post spinoff, I would watch him. I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could make an entire like. Edgar Allan Poe themed show, but from his vantage point in the 2300s and anybody who... It would be fantastic if they went back to before Tack shows up and the hotel and its prime with him running it. Yeah, it would almost be, I don't want to say sitcom, but you know, it could be like an episodal, who's in the Raven today? They could call it the Raven. Because that's yes. that's got to be in the public domain, yes. right? <laughs> so let's do that. But as far as a revival, unless they do it soon, I would be not as interested. And the reboot would have to, if there was a reboot, they'd have to really sell me on it. I, I get real squiggly about reboots, too. You really have to, there has to be something really impressive. Otherwise, I feel like you're just going to be a pale cover of the OG. I'm not into covers and music as much either. It just depends. So that's just the way I feel. But that isn't to say that I didn't enjoy. I'm sounding more negative here and I don't want to. I still enjoyed and was entertained by Altered Carbon. But I just, I don't know. It, this might have been its moment is all I'm kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So... At the last, do you have any parting shots, hopes, dreams, or wishes for the show that was Altered Carbon? Nope. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> I think we've covered a lot of those already, so. Yeah. All right. Wrap, wrap up movie. Wrap up movie. <laughs> yeah. Wrap up movie. Yep. Show me the movie. Show me the <laughs> movie. At least you just answer the question what the brain, brain skin. Was it Takashi? Come on. Gotta know. Exactly. That's the hashtag. Wrap up. Yeah, wrap up movie would be that would be it. Yep. Unanimous. Maybe just a quick tweet to let us know how it goes. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's only limited in some characters. At least go on to Facebook. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> don't give Kylie a character limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't give me a character limit. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else that you want to say about Altered Carbon before we put a bullet in our stacks over here? Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. I I have to say that in that thing, the diamond stacks were oddly easily easy to break. It seemed like everyone in every every scene was breaking the stacks. It's like, oh, I thought those were supposed to be nigh indestructible unless you hit them with anything. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the weakest plot point in that. Were they made? Diamond? Was that mentioned? I think it was supposed to be, yeah. I think I so, yeah. Oh. I think so. And there were people like crushing them with hands, hand chopping them, not even with <laughs> robot hands. I was like, what? <laughs> well, maybe maybe the molecular makeup of diamonds changed in the 2300s. I don't know. That was that I fabricated love, diamond. I love the not zirconia! <laughs> You know what that was a reference to. Put that on a bumper sticker. (laughs) Not even with robot hands. (laughs) That's the other hashtag. Wrap up movie, not even with robot hands. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I think that's where we're going to leave it. (laughs) (laughs) Not even with robot hands. So at this time, what I'd like to do is thank Julianne, Ben, Celine, Kels, and Spencer for his moderating duties on our very short-lived but wonderfully fun altered carbon panel. And because we've had so much fun, we gotta, you know, do the thing where we roll these credits. Couch Potatoes Unite! Exclamation point was produced by Back Pocket Productions, run by yours truly, the Chief Couch Potato, which is really another way of saying executively produced by me, Kylie Piet. My associate producers are Krista Pennington and Celine Resmer. I edit this podcast, and our logo is by Rebecca Wallace. Our marketing graphic artist is Krista. Our theme song was written by Sarah Milbratz and sung by Sarah, Amy McDaniel, and Kels Resmer. Kels played the keyboard, Ian McDonough played the bass, Christian Somerville played the guitar, and the whole shebang was engineered by Kyle Aspinall and Christian. We hail from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Please, if you like what you hear, take the time to rate us, give us stars, provide comments, or review us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and Amazon are just a few of the places you can find us, but we're also on YouTube. We have our website, and we're now on Patreon at patreon.com slash couchpotatoesunite. If you really love us, pledge your support by becoming one of our United Couch Potatoes as we grow our little sofa-populated corner of the world. Otherwise, feel free to tell us how we're doing, what we should add, subtract, keep, or toss. You know how it goes. And if you have suggestions for shows we might consider, contact us at our website where we have a guest book, by email at couchpotatoesunitepodcast at gmail.com, our Facebook, our Twitter at CPU Podcast, our Instagram at couchpotatoesunite, our Patreon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Though, of course, we add new and old shows to chat about around the water cooler all the time and always have new episodes coming down the pipe. Just listen to our intros. If you miss old episodes or want to know in general what shows we cover, just search for us. Find us wherever you do searchable things on the internet. Don't forget that exclamation point. Or contact us via our website, our email, our social media accounts, and our Patreon to stay up on all the new events and episodes by our humble little podcast, Couch Potatoes Unite! Exclamation point! Until the next time, Altered Carbon is only available on Netflix because that is the network who made it and then canceled it and who should pay us for every time we have to say that. In the meantime, if you have nominations for shows we should cover on our podcast, contact us via social media or email or our Patreon. You can volunteer to be a panelist too. In the meantime, and until next time, until next episode, new episodes are published every Wednesday. Keep listening, keep watching, stay tuned! Bye bye! Good night!